Now this is Hollywood Unlocked. Yo, this is Jay Celine, and this is Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. Hey, what's up? I'm Melissa Ford, a.k.a. The Curve Queen. Yep, it's DJ Damas. Let's get this show started. So listen, I know you're watching this. I'm like, y'all better stop playing with the set. <laughs> we didn't get evicted this time. We're actually coming to you live, <laughs> live to tape from the iHeart Music Festival. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're here in Vegas. So we actually Come have on. jobs. I don't know. I'm so tired from Fashion Week. But I'm excited to be here. We've been talking a lot about flying to Chicago to meet Chance the Rapper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those of you that are watching the show, the reason why you see the set changes is because we want to bring to you some of the best interviews right out the gate. Mm-hmm. And there are people that just don't fly like us. Okay. That's very true. Facts. Ch- Chance the Rapper may not be one of them, but we're catching up with him here at the iHeart Festival. And so we're finally just getting together. I don't know. How, how have you guys been? I've been feeling good. Yeah? I've been feeling good drinking some good whiskey. It's been a good day. <laughs> Well, I met, um, this afternoon I met her, well, I ain't going to say I met her. The girl walked by me, I waved. She didn't see me. <laughs> I introduced I her. her on, the, on the, the daytime stage. But, you know, what I love about her is I've been saying on the show that I feel like people don't care about R&B music unless white people are singing it. And I feel like she's she's really like, I'm, I don't want to say bringing R&B back to life, but she's making it cool for the younger people. And yeah. she's doing real R&B, like playing instruments. She yeah. went up there and got on the bass guitar, and she jumped on the piano. I thought she was going to get on the drums. Like, she do, she do it all. Yeah, she's one of my favorites. Besides Xavier Omar, oh. her is definitely one of my favorite, you know, new artists representing the R&B scene. And, and Juice World killed it, too, man. Yeah, I mean, I almost called him Juice Lord. He, he, <laughs> he, he came to work without a shirt today. I should have been a rapper. He just had sweats on and dreads and a jacket, but... Uh, I just have to say, those of you watching and saying, why does Jason have Taylor Bennett on his sweater? <laughs> That's a great picture of, ta- of Taylor. Taylor's amazing. Uh, <laughs> he was on Wild and Out, and I had created a shirt that said, I love Taylor Bennett, or I'm in love with Taylor Bennett. I don't know, but his baby mom thought it was funny and took a video. I'm assuming she'll be here. But I have him on my sweater today, and on the back it says, what it say? can you see it? It says, I never had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I have to respect the sanctity of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll get into that with Chance. You're too. so clever. <laughs> These thoughts. I come never to me. had a chance. I never had a chance. You did, but I didn't get it. <laughs> but listen, these thoughts come late in the night, and then I call my staff and I say, "Put a picture of Taylor Bennett on a sweater." But I never had. They're like, "Please stop. Please leave people alone." But Kelvin made it happen. I didn't think he was going to. He was like, I, I didn't think it was going to. Under but. an extreme amount of stress. You know what I love about my team? They are so creative, and they do come through in the 11th and a half, half hour. Any? No, but like I send them these crazy requests, like, go find me a 25-ounce mug and put my face on it. They're like, why? Where? How? What's going on? But we make it happen. But no, Chance the Rapper, I think in today's world, I mean, you think back to the rappers that we knew, Eric mm-hmm. Rakim, mm-hmm. Harris, One, mm-hmm. Buster Rhymes, people that Biggie. I think were just very inspiring both in the music world and outside of the music. Um, and Chance, I think, is one of those people that just embodies everything that I think a black man should or does represent, at least to a lot of our family. Absolutely. Yeah. He steps up. Yeah. Somehow in the midst of um, iHeart Festival Madness, we got yes. Chance the Rapper. Ear. <laughs> Wait, let me first start by saying that, so I'm on Wildin' Out. You're the only person who comes on the show that every single one of the cast members fights to get on your episode. <laughs> and Nick's hating ass has not let me on that episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, everybody at Wild and Out loves you. That's like one of like my biggest goals and dreams always was to get on that show. And so every time I go there, I'll be hyped as hell. Like and actually get drunk because you know like the shows they try and give you liquor, <laughs> make it easier on camera. I'll be getting wasted, yo. But no, nah, it's a it's a super cool like I just was with Nick two days ago, and I was just telling him, like, essay, 
legendary TV show that yeah, he yeah. created out of his mind, mm-hmm. and it set up so many comedians and artists, tele people that like you know just kind of got on through that show. Jason, you're going on your like third or fourth season there. Like, why? Is he the one that everybody wants to be on the episode with? Yeah, I'm going on my fifth and final season. Okay, fifth final season. season. Wow. It's a fun Bad. show, but yeah. like when he comes, I mean, you know, certain, you know, we had Azalea Banks on the show. She melted out. She, not everybody can do it. Mm-hmm. Right. He came on the show. I mean, I can tell you, uh, first of all, I love the fact that you give Nick a lot of shit too because <laughs> you're, you're fun. Like, you really do want to win. Yeah. Some people just expect, like, DC Young Flyer, us to come out there yeah, and win right. for them, but he's very competitive. I mean, I don't know. I think. What people really respect about you is that, one, you are, I I think, an iconic figure to the black community for all of us who come from an idea that we can be great, Mm -hmm. but may feel trapped in a a box um, with no real vision on how to get out. And you did it. And have stayed humble and have stayed a good guy. So I think, I mean, people just like you. Thanks, man. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not perfect by any means, but it has been... It's been a crazy road, yo. I just be sometimes just thinking about like, <laughs> like they were just talk, like uh, Charlemagne asked me, uh, yeah, Charlemagne asked me something about uh, Charlemagne's the homie, the Breakfast yeah. Club homie. Yeah. yeah, I was it's just, I, you know, like radio, like you can say no, anything. It's family. Yeah. 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 No, it's family. No, we that's love like each other. This show, you love can say other. anything you want. Yeah. In oh. fact, we did a pre-tape before you got here. It's gonna have to go in a separate episode because we like you so much. <laughs> <laughs> this is a regular show. So yeah, well, I mean, no, he was just talking about like he was like, how's it feel? You know, you playing a show with. You know, seven other artists on it, and you got a short set. It's not really. And I was just saying, like, I came up out of like they called them showcase shows, and it was mm-hmm. really a finesse because they were like, give you tickets and tell you to sell them to people, and you get like five minutes on stage. But like, those were my favorite shows because I got to be me. I was super different from all the other other artists, and it's the same thing tonight. Like, everybody's gonna have a great set. Mine is just really different. But do you have any ego? Like, it, because you don't seem like you have an ego, but, and I don't think I have an ego. I mean, I look at the shape of the bottle, I'm like, I ain't worried about, worried about okay. what y'all doing. I don't have, I, don't, I have a creative ego sometimes in my ideas mm-hmm. because I want them to be perfect, but do you have any yeah. ego? Like, do you Definitely. have an ego? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm amazing. <laughs> you have to, great, though, yeah. in this business. Yeah. You have to have a concept of self-confidence, self-worth, you know, yeah. to be because a lot of people in this business, business suffer from imposter syndrome, you know, and they feel like, am I supposed to be winning? Yeah. Like, am I supposed to really be here? Like, I feel like I just pulled the wool over people's eyes. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's like the number. Like, I feel like a big part of hip hop is attitude and yeah. like, you know, like feeling a certain way about what you do. And overall, just in artistry, like if you just any kind of artist, like you got to be somewhat confident to make yeah. something from scratch and give it to other people to judge. You know what I mean? Especially being independent. I, I can imagine like you got to push yourself. You're running your yeah. own company, your own business. It's all relying on you. Yeah. It costs money, too. Listen, <laughs> tell me about it. Payrolls every two weeks at Hollywood Online. So we just had Young M.A. on the show, and we were actually having a conversation about independent. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm not the hip-hop guru. I mean, I know, I know some hip-hop people, and we're on a hip-hop station, yep. but... I don't know the difference between like being really independent and not fake being independent. independent. Yeah. I guess there's like a fake independent. There's people that are yeah. fake independent. Yeah, together. I mean, there's so there was this thing for a long time, like called like uh, where you would get a upstream deal. So like you assign to like an indie label, or you assign and they wouldn't announce it, and you know the label would like push you to get a certain number of accomplish accomplishments done, and then they, uh, you know, announced that you would sign to their label and like some type of press release and. They would make that like the you know the thing that would catapult you, and I know a lot of people that did that, but that's not necessarily like 
fake independence. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that that's fake independence. I think like if you're if you're not signed to a recording deal, like I think that makes you independent. I think it's even more if you don't have like a publishing deal or a distribution deal and stuff like that. But I think the independence thing specifically comes from just the fact that you know we all have been making music. Like anybody that makes music, you you know, sang in a talent show or mm-hmm. you would sing in the shower or whatever you did, and then you become a recording artist once you signed a recording deal. And what that recording deal does from those record labels is they take your masters. You you sign them the rights to royalties, to payments, to you know, to just do everything on your behalf. And I feel like I just don't think that's a good idea <laughs> in 2019, <laughs> 2020. Like this is that's archaic. Like they were doing that to people in the 50s and 60s and they still do it today. Even even harsher. But yeah, I think like but as a young person, you know, and young artist, when you're, you know, trying to achieve, you know, that instant gratification of fame, mm-hmm. how do you maintain that strength of self to say, no, my masters will belong to me? You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you want them to shop you. You want to be put on the larger stage. But yeah. how do you say, I will not compromise myself as an artist? I believe in myself I'm keeping my masters. Sometimes the fast money look good, but when yeah. you have a vision and a really clear vision, it's not always as smart. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, you just don't need it anymore. Like, when they first started recording labels, it was because people couldn't record by themselves. They mm-hmm. couldn't just, they didn't just have studios at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or marketing, or the, or the internet. Like, it's like pushing the music, recording the music, like making all those things happen are, are doable. And fame is the easiest thing to come upon in 2019. Like, mm-hmm. you could get famous off of an IG video. You could get mm-hmm. famous you off of... You could go to take a picture with Beyonce, and then people yeah. say you were chasing her through the Rock Nation brunch. <laughs> oh, Wait, oh, I thought you were talking about me. because he has a moment with Beyonce, too. She was chasing him. Well, she didn't chase him. She popped in on him. That wasn't my video. It was a pleasant surprise. Anyway, I digress. But my thing is, who instilled that in you? Is that something you you? And you're only 26. Like... You're young and so smart, and I look at your oh, Instagram. You followed me. I'm like, he made a mistake. <laughs> like, he's so fucking perfect. Like, yeah. why? You know what I mean? I met your dad. I met your brother. Oh, Yo, thanks, man. How do you get that at that age? I I think mm. my parents, for one, definitely, like, been, just like anybody's parents, or I guess most people's parents, like, highly influential in my life. And then also, like, I feel like in the beginning, it was kind of just out of fear. Like, I remember my mom telling me before I would go on these trips to New York, I was 18, 19, like, trying to, like, you know, shop for a deal after I did the tour with Donald Glover. And uh, my mom was just telling me, don't sign anything, don't sign anything. Mm. I think that's just, like, it got to a point where I was like, all right, I can't sign nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, But, yeah, I, I think my, my parents for sure. And I'm young. I just lived a, a long-ass life. Like, I grew up fast as hell. So, okay, so you're 26. How old is Taylor? Tay is 23. Wow. You guys are so young. No, but it's so young and and I always so young and so wise though. I always I always Thank harassed you. Taylor when he came on Wild and Out. I mean, I have his face on my sweater. The back <laughs> says, "I never had a chance." It's a joke. You <laughs> know, Did you see this? Did no, you see no, this I, when you walked in? I don't want to scare him away. No, but when he came on Wild and Out, it, on the back I had I it said uh, Wild and Out, and on the back it says, "I love Taylor Bennett." It is a joke, and his baby mama did the video. It was a really uncomfortable moment. But what I love about him and you is both of your commitments to your partners and how you both like visibly really love your families. And I feel like I was reading this article in Pitchfork where they were criticizing your new record, which, which, by the way, I love. Mm -hmm. And the numbers are Love Hot Shower. Oh, yeah, thank you. Oh, I love Hot Shower. (laughs) Well, I love Rue, for obvious (laughs) reasons. But I mean, like, they were talking, like, you don't really see 
the imagery of young artists in hip hop loving mm -hmm. their families the way that you pose. Yeah. Do you think people want us to be a certain spectacle when it comes to being an artist? Definitely. That's the idea of entertainment. You like want things that can entertain you or uh, don't necessarily affect you, but that you could judge. And that's just like, that's how we are. That's how I am. I like shit that I could just watch, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think what's most entertainment and entertaining most of the time is, you know, drama or, you know, like uh, conflict and stuff like that. You want to know what I love about you is the fact that, you know, when it comes to being a hip hop artist or a rapper, that's associated with struggle. That's associated with my mom was addicted to drugs. My right. dad was never there. I was fighting roaches for the Fruit Loops in the right. morning type thing. Yeah. But you don't have that story. You and Taylor do not have that story. You grew up in a in a in a household with your mom and your dad. Yeah, yeah. You know, you were you, still in Chicago though. Still in Chicago. Strong no, I, family. I, I, yeah. So I wanted to bring that to you know. Growing up in Chicago and as violent as this, it always seemed to be on the news as like probably the most violent city in the U.S. It might not be. I don't know what the statistics are, but it's definitely, you know, um, portrayed as that. Like what what would you say like about the perpetuated idea that rapper equals struggle equals hardship? Because you just you're like a walking Kit Kat commercial. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Wait, didn't you have a Kit Kat commercial? Yeah, I, I did know, have a Kit Kat commercial. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I really liked it, though. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 cool. Like, it built me in, uh, in a who I am. Like, I, you know, I grew up in a not-so-nice neighborhood, mm -hmm. but one that my, like you said, my dad was there. My dad was president of the block club at one point. Like, he, you know what I'm saying? Like, Used to take me and all the kids from the neighborhood fishing and go to McDonald's on Saturdays. And fishing, like, that's awesome. Yeah, and I just like I grew up with a community feel. So like, yeah, a lot of bad things happen in Chicago. A lot of bad things happen everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I'm just, for whatever reason, enlightened or attuned to into understanding what's better. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I like I like nice stuff. I like nice times. Like I like. I don't know. So, so you never had two Nigerians tie you up or anything like that? <laughs> Out there in Chicago. I'm just saying, like, yeah. you know, like Jesse did me the other day. I'm like, you know, be my friend, not a headline. Let's talk. But, but anyway, I'll leave that alone. No, go, you were going to say No, I, I want to know creatively, uh, coming off what you're saying about Pitchfork, who do you make music for now? Because I feel like when you look at the albums of Acid Rap, Coloring Book, it seems mm -hmm. like it's a reflection of what you're dealing with now. Do yeah. you dwell on what the fans want? Or do you want them to follow you where you're going? I would definitely say the latter. Like, I, would, I definitely, it. like I said, I've been making music forever, right? Like, I've been rapping since I was in grade school. I used to dance at talent shows and stuff like that. Like, I like creating art. And I feel like you can get caught up with the idea of, like, I have a fans, I have a fan base, I have, like, you know, to to create to their liking. But it's like, I knew I liked acid rap before mm -hmm. everybody else knew they liked acid rap. I knew I liked a lot of the stuff that I make before everyone else necessarily knows if they like it. And you got to just be true to yourself. You got to make what makes you happy. And uh, I think this album is for people that want to be happy. Well, I mean, clearly the album landed number two on the hot, uh, the Billboard uh, Hot 200, uh, right? Number two. Mm -hmm. yeah. So clearly the fans were there for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember a call I made to Kim Burst, who's Beyonce's uh, a music director when uh, 
who runs the world came out, mm-hmm. I was livid. I was like, what is this shit? This is not the Beyonce I love. <laughs> I, Beehive, I was about to mobilize. She was like, shut up, let the girl evolve, and you're going to love it. Two weeks later, I was in love with the song. You know, I couldn't <laughs> sing it in public, but you know what I mean? But do you feel like the industry allows artists to be true artists? Because back in the day, you had Michael Jackson who had various different types of albums. Yeah. You had Prince mm-hmm. who had yeah. various types of albums. I, I kind of look at you as one of those real creative people. Do you feel like the industry allows artists to evolve? Does the industry... Sometimes I think the industry forces people to to evolve. Sometimes I feel like there's a good... Uh, a way to like to separate things like I like to think of like the music and the industry as two separate things that like you know meet at certain points but like musically like I think like there's never going to be a day where everybody in the mm-hmm. world has heard any of my songs like there, there's people in this world that have never heard of Michael Jackson or Stevie Wonder or like you know songs that are that are widely popular that just never got introduced to them so my goal all the time is just to have more and more people here mm-hmm. and hopefully in those more people like more people will connect to it and i think we just live in a time where the direct connection to people getting my music to people is easier than it's ever been so it's it's like the perfect time to just try and you know spread it out and and keep growing and keep being me mm-hmm. and, and yeah yeah and speaking of the people a lot of people want to know Kanye West is coming out with a new gospel album, but a lot of people know. Are you involved? Um, I don't. Yeah, I. They want to know if you're involved with the project. A lot of people. Yeah, because Kanye was, you know, he was a source of inspiration for you. You looked up to him, and now Mm -hmm. he's kind of, you know, forgive me if I'm mistaken, a mentor figure to you. Yeah, definitely a mentor in my Mm -hmm. life. and he is definitely evolved as an artist, whether we, we liked to, it or not. Are we trying not. to get him to tell us something that you know he ain't going to be able to <laughs> No, we just want to know if he's Maybe. involved with the album. He's from Chicago. There's a street code. <laughs> Keep your mouth shut. Okay. Yeah. I would just say listen to the album when it drops. Mm. Yeah, September 27th. Ultralight Beam Part 2. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, uh, if, I, if you do that 10%, please. Um, okay. <laughs> no, so I was shocked I saw you at Jimmy Kimmel. I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. You had En Vogue on stage. Yeah. By the way, sure. En Vogue, my favorite female group of all time. Yeah. The original members, mm-hmm. the new girls. Okay, but <laughs> no, I do. I know. Stop. Okay, so we love them. No, so what I'm bringing up is 26 years old. You went back and got, and I'm not that age. I mean, I'm just saying, like you, you have an old spirit because In Vogue, like to be able to mix them in the way that you did. Mm-hmm. I heard, I think, a Brandy reference. Yeah. In your music. How do you creatively think, like, think about the type of music you want to be in your music that's current today, but that's inspired by is the that 90s? Or... Definitely. My, okay. uh, my, my parents loved En Vogue, and I loved En Vogue because my parents loved them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think with this album specifically, it was like trying to you know, create a vibe that I felt for the first time and only time in my life, which was at my wedding. And you know, I heard songs that I've been amazing. By the way, yo, thank you. It was beautiful. She, she did her thing. Uh, it was. It. I basically just wanted to give people this feeling of these songs that I hadn't experienced in that way. So songs um, that that I basically grew up to going to barbecues and cookouts and riding in the car with my parents and all types of stuff like that. Getting played at my wedding gave it a new, you know, romantic definition that I hadn't seen before. What was the first song that you guys danced to at your wedding? We danced to uh, My Love Is Your Love. 
by Whitney Houston. Oh, mm. that's nice. Yeah. That's really nice. So, okay, so, clear. you know, I'm openly gay. Came in the industry, said I'm going to do this on my own terms. You got accepted. I don't care. You, your brother's been very open about being bisexual. Um, how... How how was was that hard for you to find out, or were, or are you a family that just can deal with whatever comes out? And um, no, I wouldn't say it was hard for me to find out. I mean, he's a grown man, for one. He can do whatever he wants. Uh, I think what was harder for me was just that he was dealing with, uh, you know, trying to, you know, come out or 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 talk about it and feel comfortable about it, and. Uh, we had a conversation before he told everybody and and uh yeah i mean it, it was it, it i feel like just because i'm famous like things get over sensationalized sometimes so i i understand that like there's other people that went through it that could maybe find strength in that so that's 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 dope like yeah as an older brother like i feel like it was very strong of him to, to come out and tell people his business and mm-hmm. i think uh that he was well received because he was genuine about it and he was strong about it. And, uh, and yeah, that's my brother. And very transparent about it too. Mm-hmm. And I, what I also like is that both of you have figured out your own lanes, still support each other, but don't feel like there's, I don't see overlappage. It's like he has his lane and you have your lane. Yeah. Creatively. Do you all talk about or help each other out with, okay, why don't you try this or why don't you do that? Or do you just create independently? Uh, in in terms of the studio, yeah, we work out of the same studio. Um and my my brother's like actually a part of my management team. I was gonna say, like, you guys he told so, me that. Yeah, no, you guys yeah. are super tight. We were just at the Breakfast Club at the same time. Your interview was right before my yeah. interview, and just like he literally mobilizes into part of your management team. That's what's and then, up. And then he becomes his like own that. artist, but he's really yeah. super focused on you. We're a tight tight no. family. He, yeah, he mentioned that. Yeah, you know, it's the same with like Rihanna when she when I met her last week and she found out I knew her brother. I never talked to him about you because we built our own friendship. Mm-hmm. I was glad that, you know, he connected us or whatever. And, I mean, I just sit back and, I mean, I'm hard on a lot of people because I'm a fan of this shit. Like, I look at the culture, I'm like, okay, I came from nothing. I've been a fan from the beginning. I'm just a fan with a platform now. But I really love the example that you both give to other people of color. You There's know some I mean? artists that we really just love. You know, because yeah, because the fans are gonna be like, oh, they're no, just no, no, at the no, love no. fest for chance. It's not even that. There's some artists that really like they they are everything that but, you want them to be, no. and they exceed the expectations. I you think, know, and it's just that's real love talk. and one, a lot know? of pressure. No, no, it, no, no, it's not. But, You're just dope. That's just it. One thing I really respect, man. You you pushed your uh, the tour back yeah. to spend more time with your family. I yeah. think yeah. anybody has a family, had children. That's something they would love to do. Be able that over here. Be able to put yourself in a position where they can, you know, spend more time with the, like that flexibility. Yeah. Everybody that's an artist or in this game doesn't have that. Like what does that feel like to be able to you know what I'm pushing that back. I'm January twenty twenty is gonna be the new launch of yeah, the tour. Janu- January fifteenth. Okay. Kicks off the tour in San Fran. Okay. Uh yeah, it's just a, it's a I'm I'm not lucky, I'm blessed. I'm I'm very like I don't know. I Kinsley think it, and Marley. Because when you think about this yeah. game, everybody is sacrificing the family for the work, mm. and you're doing the opposite. Yeah. So I think it's just interesting to see, man. It's like it's I mean, we're real people, and it's damn near the end times right now. Like shit is important. Scary. Like in our in our personal li- yeah, was, our, our personal lives are way more important than any type of success that we could be looking for in the long term. It's like Thanks. there's there's right now and like important times, and like I get back tomorrow to my family, so I'm happy. And I think, like, 
yeah, you just got to, like you just said, like some people are sacrificing their family for the work, and it should never work like that. Like, Where did you guys come up with the name uh, names Kensley and Marley? What did Ken- they mean to you guys? Uh, my parents were going to have a little girl at one point, and her name was going to be Kensley. Mm-hmm. My parents' names are Ken and Lisa, and mm-hmm. so it was like a, it's a blend. Yeah, Kensley. That's sweet. And then Marley. Uh, Bob Marley? Uh, no. I think we, it's it's really because we we're doing. I don't know why I'm saying this, but it's <laughs> so lame. But yeah, try, uh, my daughter's name is Kinsley. My nephew Taylor's son is named uh, Charlie. And I think we're just gonna keep those Lees going. Uh, so I was like, uh, Marley, Jason Lee. It's just an I. With an E, right? Whatever. Mister Change, however you want. Okay, so. Right, young. I mean, like early in your career, you've made phil- like philanthropic efforts an mm-hmm. important part of your brand, just mm-hmm. important part of your lifestyle. Because most people, when you're on the rise, you're just focused on hitting all your goals. How did that become a goal, and why was it so important? Uh, I'll tell you. So there was a dude, like just in it in its start, because it's changed over time. Like my reasons for doing things, but like uh, at its conception, it was. I grew up going to this after school program called uh, U Media, and they would teach you how to. Mm-hmm do everything, like mm-hmm. how to record, how to make beats, how to music theory, like there's video games and computers and tutors and all these things. Like, uh, And I used to go and I used to have this thing on Wednesdays called Lyricist Loft, which was an open mic. And it was ran by this dude named Mike Hawkins from Chicago. That was an uh, amazing mentor, my first mentor. And he passed away a few years ago. But we started a new open mic, uh, I think three years ago, mm-hmm. just like uh, in memory of him and all the shit all the stuff that he did for us and everybody. And uh, that was like my first introduction to trying to like, you know, give back. And then we found other ways. We did like a coat drive and all that stuff morphed into social works, which is my nonprofit. But even then, I mean, coming from, I mean, not nothing, but coming from the the bottom. South side of Chicago. Yeah, I mean, and then like giving a million dollars away, writing a million dollar check or sending a million dollar wire. Two blocks away from where I grew up. Yeah. No, but that's not like, I mean, I I like kids and I want to help out, <laughs> but I don't know if my bank does wires like that. You know what I mean? So it was like, how, why did that? What made you feel compelled to do that? It was it was like reported that you had a meeting with the governor at the mm-hmm. time, Bruce Ratner or Rotner, and Rotner. It doesn't matter who whoever he was. was. Okay, and it didn't go well. I say that in parentheses because nobody yeah. really. What does that mean? Because your reaction to that was to. Donate a million dollars. But his reaction could have been what I would have done right Mm -hmm. right to the camera and been like, Mm -hmm. yo. But sending a million dollars is not. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody was calling for you to run for mayor, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) If you can, what was that meeting like where it did not go well? What did he say to you that provoked you to. I mean, it was just. uh, There's there's, uh, huge inequalities in between schools on the south and west side of Chicago and on the north side and downtown. And. It's because of the funding formulas that they have, and that basically there was a stopgap budget that got introduced that cut a whole bunch of funding for the schools and was basically going to have school ending early and a bunch of different stuff that year that just wasn't right, along mm-hmm. with the fact that they were closing down schools and displacing people in, uh, close to where I live. So I basically knew that stuff, and then the governor tweeted me and like a congratulations on winning the Grammys, like the night after the Grammys. And so I asked him for a meeting to talk about funding. And when we got together, he had nothing to say, nothing you wanted to hear. Yeah. None I was trying to hear. Right. I mean, yeah. people got a lot to say. We have a, the Cheeto in charge talks every day on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, but they like, but the I mean, but the talk, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I think 
again, like, I don't want to, I mean, I know, first of all, I know you have to perform tonight. So I know yeah. that you made time for us because it was important. Who was that? I know T-Pain was here. Wait, yeah. why, why Teddy thought, P. Why I thought that was 2 chains? Okay, but no, but I mean, like, it's great that, like, you made some time for us. We do want to, we wanted to come to Chicago. We to come and to we're Because I still want to interview yeah. Taylor and yeah. I do want to so come out there. There's so much more that we want to talk to you about. But yeah. I wanted to say, like, you know, just for our fans who really like you, I mean, you've been a great example. And listening to how happy you sound on the big day mm-hmm. is, is great. And I watched you on Good Morning America and I was just like, like you're giving, I think, the world the vibe that we need right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree yeah. with that. I, I loved it because it just shows that these rappers, anybody in this game can put their money where their mouth is. You can go back and invest in your own community. There's a lot of people buying chains. They buying cars. It doesn't take anything to invest back into the place you came from. And you can be popping and be positive. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's also the difference. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question just because I'm a little. So you're a cinephile. You love movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I do. Um, like, what? Yeah. Okay. So uh, we could we could talk about this all day long. But like, what is your favorite movie of? I'd say like what 2019. What's come out so far? 2019. Um, yeah. Lion King. <laughs> yeah. He's been very vocal yeah. about that. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I, 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 I to be that. honest, mm-hmm. everybody kind of shitted on it, but the that that one that they did with uh, Will Smith. The Aladdin movie? No, no. The Aladdin movie oh, was no. decent. Hold on. It was decent. Will Smith was decent. No, right? no. Uh, the Indian dude, I'm sorry. I don't know where he is. I shouldn't say Indian dude. But the guy who was, I think he's who played Aladdin? Yeah. Bro, he smashed it. Listen, he was dancing listen, for real. Doing I am a fan of Will and Jada and Jaden and even Little Willow. But I'm sorry. I did not appreciate Will being what was he? No, he the killed genie. It. He no, killed I went it. crazy. He did a great job. No, killed Only it. because Robin Williams in the cartoon just did. You know, it was hard to come behind that. Nope. Honestly, <laughs> you know, listen. You I, guys. It wasn't even really for me. It wasn't even Will Smith. I'm gonna say it again. It was the dude that played Aladdin. Yo, he was. You don't feel like it was it. a stunt double that was doing the break dancing, or that was him? I think it was him. If I found out it was a stunt double, that would ruin my dreams right now. I have one more question. He got to go. He has to. Okay, he's, he has to perform. He's, he's, yes. a, he's a superstar. Okay, okay. I mean, one more question. Beyonce was snubbed at the Emmys for uh, Homecoming. Homecoming. Yeah. What do you like? Homecoming. Car- Carpool Karaoke. Carpool Karaoke won over Homecoming. How do you make sense of that? <laughs> I don't, I don't. I don't know. It doesn't. Sound, I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's that's pretty crazy. <laughs> I don't watch the Emmys, so I didn't. Even did you know. even know that happened? I did not know. Oh. I was. There, I will say this. I was there for the real life homecoming, and it was a life. I was there experience. too. When you went week, you were week one. I was week one. Did you yeah. perform with Cardi that year? I did a whole dissertation at uh, like when I got my uh, my honorary degree mm. on her performance. But wait, where? Where's your honor? Uh, at uh... University <laughs> of Chicago. D U Dillard. Oh no way! That's but wasn't the homecoming performance the most amazing thing? Yeah, and the fact that she was the first black woman to headline Coachella. Yeah, she's. I mean, she's the goat. She's just amazing. She's just you know, there's one, there's one and one only. So mm. yeah, I mean, definitely got to give her flowers. So and if you can't give her her flowers, just chase her down at the Rock Nation brunch. <laughs> That's a thing. See, I did. I did not <laughs> even know about that. I'm gonna send you the clip, and it's it's it, they edited it. But anyway, thank you so much for coming. Thank I know you, you made time yes. for us. We're thank coming to Chicago. Yeah, yes. man, please pick me. up the phone. I got you. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, we're out. Peace. Yeah. Bye, everybody.